special report stock market relative to the business cycle model. I'm not going to bother with news and fundamentals and information. I'm Rich Possum with Critical Point. It's 10.08 a.m. Eastern Time, November 14th. This is a 60-minute cash chart of the S&P 500. Gigantic gap today because of the CPI inflation report. Indicator didn't really make it to oversold. Snapping back here, trying to go through the 50 mark. Something I want to point out, the market's up like 73 points, been up 82 points. Um, you know, for months, many months, I've thought we deserve a 100-point up day in the S&P 500. We seldom, I can't even think of when we've seen one. We certainly have seen 100-point down days. And it just feels like, why not now? Uh, I'm not forecasting that. Don't necessarily care whether it works or not. But pretty impressive strength, and I wonder if that strength won't continue uh, for the rest of the day. But look at this gap. It just seems like... Uh, too large and ought to be filled. This is the November 3rd gap. I thought it looked quite large. Looks nothing compared to this one. I think we can throw out the November 3rd gap and therefore the November 2nd gap. And there's even one down near the bottom that's hardly even noticeable. So I'm convinced everybody's throwing that out. I think we throw these out as potential downside. It's quite possible they'll never get filled or they're going to get filled years from now <laughs> or near the end of the decade when we get our major bear market or something. Okay, But at the same time, can't rule out something else going wrong in coming months. But, I th but uh, you know, I'm looking at this gap saying, well, should we forget this gap? Well, I think people are saying, you know what? If you don't know what to do, buy this thing and then just risk a little bit. If it goes down... <coughs> get out and I think if, if it starts coming back down to the low of today at 4458.97 they'll, they'll be getting out and that may help propel it down into this gap but I'm not convinced if they do that today or tomorrow that that would be enough I, I, I'm thinking there'll be so many buy orders in that gap order that, in that gap zone that it pulls in there and they'll just immediately buy and put it right back up again that if they're going to fully fill it it's like in my opinion a few days to a week or two away and I'm concerned there's a lot more upside here so obviously everybody's got this dilemma today everybody they're trying to the bears are trying to decide do you just go with this and assume it's just you know going higher or will it fill this gap short term and then maybe keep going lower or go higher and then the bulls are saying the same thing that even though they might be bullish are saying maybe do, do, do you just buy this anyways and buy some more if it goes in the gap or selling away down and start over and try to buy the gap uh, everybody's got this issue but you can see the bias has been to the upside and if I can swing over to this intraday charts a little bit faster here uh, about a third of an hour, a quarter of an hour, something like that. And, you know, I don't think they're going to get too concerned until the futures trade below 4483.75. Okay. And then they might be thinking, okay, we can come down and fill uh, some of the gaps. So that's the problem with the intraday. Now let's go to the daily chart. And we want the S&P 500 cash. And we can see it's uh, there's the gap, and boy, doesn't that stick out there? But there's another gap, so we got three gaps that stick out. N you know, in my, in my commodity professional trading days, I would say, well, then this is over, okay? Uh, that this is exhaustion, too much buying, and sometimes tops occur right at the day of actually bullish news if it's been building and getting emotional into that. And there will be some people saying, okay, sooner or later, you know. 
they bought the news sooner or later somebody's going to sell it after the news but we don't know and this is some of the old upside objectives I had here in the cash market here and it isn't it interesting they're inside the gap and extreme strong markets I see that where it's got a gap above it or if you had a resistance line or moving average in there it's just bizarre it just has to be above it so my thoughts are if it pulls it back these could be downside targets but they're in the gap so they can also be floor or partial gap filling targets when the market might just turn and go higher still okay now daily indicator very widespread here keeping up with the momentum suggesting chance for lingering near-term upside momentum next one to three days markets well above the 100 day moving average way above the 200 day 50 day uh, all looks constructive positive now let's move over to the daily chart of the S&P 500 futures and we got some interesting possibilities here uh, they can just see I didn't calculate this objective quite the way I want it I'm going to move that there recalculate this and I'll double check with the model later as to uh, we want that right about there so there's potential to trade to 46.30 on up to 47.56 because of this breakout of the 100-day average, breakout of this level 2 top sell signal for the final collapse. And look at that V bottom. Everybody is sold all the way down. We're buying all the way back, and I'm guessing they're behind, actually. They didn't buy fast enough, didn't quite trust it. It is overbought. Warning, we can have a top, but it flipped from a sell signal to a buy signal at the moment anyways. I don't know, it feels like this market's probably still got higher to go here. All right, now, what I want to do is um, move to, now, there's a weird pattern in here. This is a level three bottom, but also a level four. This pulls back, you would think that would be a level four, but it can't be, it doesn't meet, it violates some rules. The level four should be today or tomorrow. So I, I assume there's gonna be a wave of selling coming but I wouldn't be surprised it could occur during the day and then right up by the close of the day or you know maybe it's it just eases back by the close maybe it spills over the next day maybe it waits till tomorrow don't know but I think any bit of a setback even if it doesn't fill the gap I think somebody's gonna buy it so what we've got to do is then go to the weekly chart S&P 500 cash and the market is exploding back to my fundamental valuation, the modeling, a different type of modeling to go along with the overall modeling. And so it's starting to get back to where it should have been all along and should have been fair valued. They made a big mistake out of this level two top and selling and panicking and extending this level one pattern to latest allowed and later than what we would normally would allow. We just knew there was a little fuzziness that could go a bit longer, okay? And now they're, of course, exploding it back, and look how much they've retraced in such a short period of time, okay? Now, what I want to do is, even though I have this old outside objective, I want to switch to the futures because I just ran the model, but as far as calculating price levels, did it on the futures only. So this is a revision. Notice the level one bottom that we're doing our best to catch it within just a two week time frame and it looks so bearish in the end of that week said man this probably won't work and I think that's what happened when the family went above that week's high they became really bulled up and of course we also had the Fed news and that information and they realized they were just too bearish for that little portion right there. 
Now they're waking up the fact they were too bearish for this portion, if not this portion. It was all a bunch of nonsense all along, okay? any rate, um, what you might recall I had an objective down in this area around 45.60. What I've done is revised it from this level one low to this level two high and made a projection. Then I went inside this upturn and tried to add another projection with it, see if we can get some overlap, maybe expand it, whatever, because I prefer using the critical point projection tool within a trend instead of a retracement. In other words, this is a down move. If you're using a level two high in that down move, what it is is you're projecting a retracement of that down move. And many people just fascinated, I love that stuff, especially in using Fibonacci type retracements. I do it with the critical point, but what I've learned, the critical point is more accurate if I can find some points within the trend. And that's why I established the critical point idea that it goes through something within its own trend and the physics law of you violate a critical point, then it keeps on going should work. And so I, what I've learned is I can move it right up to that high of that week, use that little dip there, and then the breakout. It is possible I can use last week's high because that was a level three, and then it comes in this week for level three low. That would actually extend this a bit higher. Now, what I've done is combine two. Hopeful that throwing more darts, we're going to be more right on some kind of a price target range. The end result is suggested raise this. So I then took just a quick look at the fundamentals. The market's moving so fast for us, we can't spend a lot of time on the fundamental valuations. But I just said, you know, that works because everyone overreacted. They were too bearish and we're winning the war on inflation anyways. The economies are still growing. We're not heading into a recession. The employment is still great. Uh, we are cooling off the economy, but we're doing it in such a fashion of just getting back to a normal economy that at these price levels is still bullish for the stock market. A cooling off economy is bullish for the stock market. Okay, So I think this works fundamentally, but yes, as of this morning, it is biased a little more on the technical charge side with the use of the critical point tool. Any rate, what I'm looking for is probably a move just above the 4600 level, okay? On up to maybe about 47.77. And then time-ways, we're looking for it to move into the week of December 11th on into January, but I think it probably tops in December. And so what this also means is the premium of the future should continue to go down to zero to match the cash market by time the futures expire in December. So since this price objective is in the December time zone, I think this is close enough to also tell us where the cash market's going. And we're thinking 4,600 on up to maybe upper 4,700s, may pull back summer quite a bit uh, by the end of the year though. Don't know for sure. At any rate, and for the moment, if this is going to be that bullish, when I said I think it's going to be bullish in February for level one, that this would only be a level two top, and I'm still showing that as a possibility. But if it's going to be that bullish in December, I'd be a little concerned it is going to be a level one after all, what we originally forecast. So we're going to flip on those and wonder about that for a while now. And I don't think it matters that much because it'll, it'll come down into a level two low, okay, out of this zone into here maybe in, into January, could actually wrap it up in late December. And then I think it'll be higher in February anyways. It's just a matter, is it a slow run up, which probably means this was a level one top, 
or is it a faster pace run-up, which may mean that this was level two and it's just going to be more bullish in the Fed. We'll worry about that later of which is it, because if you look at both of those or just combine them, it's basically saying be bullish in December, probably bullish in February, and even if it stalls out and has problems, that's okay, because as we zoom out, it just fits in the long-term bull market for next year that actually began last year, and we're still in a bull market even though it looks pretty sloppy at times here. Okay, there's the low of last year. That's the long-term bull run, and it got really sloppy and bearish into this level one, which are the more important moves during the year. So we're very convinced now, I and my affiliates and all the other research, that was so important that it had to be a level one. So we don't want to see that low violated in the future, okay? It should be up and away to new record highs into next year. So we have a wall behind us to stand up against and say, got to be bullish until it takes out uh, the October low for cash and futures. Uh, for the stock market, for uh, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, and the S&P 500. At any rate, uh, I'm going with this price objective, and I'm thinking what this means then is this market might be very, very bullish in coming weeks here. No setbacks or, well, I shouldn't say no setbacks, but it just may not fill the gap we've seen today. If it does, they better get it over quickly in just the next couple of days. So again, this dilemma that some people are saying, maybe we just should continue to buy and just suck it up. If it comes down into that gap, we'll buy even more or just say, screw you and stick with it, okay? Or maybe they feel they can be creative with some of this buying and get out very quickly, meaning they're probably gonna watch five minute and 10 and 30 and 60 minute charts and all that fun stuff to try to tell them something's wrong and they may get jittery on some news with that. But I think this market is just up and away. It's just going to go, go, go. This weekly indicator, wide enough spread to be, be very bullish as of this week. Now, it is overbought. And if you use this black line, which I think what most people do, you'd say it's extremely overbought. Others would use a combination of the two and just say, hey, it's just overbought. Uh, so that can be a sign they can put the brinks on and not rally as, as well. But to use my rule of thumb, of such a widening spread that, and we got some news they liked, even if you don't think it's that bullish, they think it is, and you don't wanna fight them too much here. And so uh, I think normally I would just simply say the rule of thumb is uh, we should see lingering near-term upside momentum the next one to three weeks. Well, the model is saying one, two, three, it should stay up four weeks to even seven weeks, okay? four, five, six, something like that. All right, uh, so I think this will can stay up into this overbought zone for quite a while, start floundering around, this market continues to work higher. I think people really upset, they got all caught up in this negativity from August into October, and now I think they think the sky's really clearing up, they're gonna worry less about inflation, they're gonna worry less about the Federal Reserve, they're gonna worry less about rising interest rates, which are not, they're collapsing, Okay, and they're just saying, you know, if you can think really long term, if you screwed up during August all the way into October and even now you didn't buy enough, if you really think long term for the year, this is nothing. And this also encourages them to just go ahead and buy, buy, buy and worry about the risk tomorrow. Shoot first, ask questions later. It's that kind of environment at the moment. Now, something else I want to show 
is that um, no that's not it I think I gotta go to the bond market well this is not the chart I'm looking for but I wanna I did a revision I recently was writing columns and this and that and I was showing a level one there and then I could see if someone knew how to copy my work they could say this must be a level two top well it may work but I doubt it it should be over and done with and the market can just go higher in a level one top that's one scenario but after I wrote the article, and I may have shown you this or not, but um, I did some more work through here and running the model, and I think we had we came up with some adjustments when this is the long-term top, not there, and shoves this down, and this is a level one that didn't work, and maybe that's too bullish, but what this is suggesting, this level one, the market, uh, bond market can go higher in the early next year, and interest rates go lower. So even more time, and even more bullish and I really love this pullback this is a ready set go pattern there was actually a ready set go pattern right here okay ready set go buy it then another ready set go up down buy it but inside of this I think it's even a larger ready set go meaning ready set and then put it through the high so the computers are probably using this pattern to buy. Now I don't think this is analytical. It doesn't really forecast. I think this is this kind of technique or tactic just helps you in your trading of when to just throw in the towel and say buy it. Weekly indicators wide enough spread and widening to suggest chance for lingering near term upside momentum in bond prices next one to three weeks. Well that sends a message that we can actually have uh, lower interest rates. So this is the chart I wanted to show you. This is of interest rates. We've flipped the bonds upside down, converted to interest rates, in other words. Down move. This trend line, many people would laugh at me. I don't have it correct, but I kind of like this as a general flow. I don't care if it meets some of the technical stuff or not. But notice it moved below its snap back, bumped its head, also bumped its head on the five-week average that it violated. And the model is saying either last week or this week, there ought to be a level three top in interest rates therefore a level three bottom in the bond prices and the bond analysis said the same okay it should work and what i was thinking of this might be a bizarre pattern of breaking a trend line moving back bumping its head on it and down i call it an ldp or an lps it just means last point of supply when they were pumping too much supply into the market took it down or it's last point of demand where the demand gave up now that's normally how you look at prices the interest rates would be the opposite of that but it's the same idea that when it comes down sometimes it actually speeds lower you get some volatility and even more so if you get the news well we got the news and boy they just slam dunk it in a single day took out last week's high took out the week before that i think this is moving down into a level two bottom a little bit different than what i'm talking here uh on the bond prices but still okay so I think we got lower interest rates and higher bonds into December. I think that's going to support the stock market forecast of a higher stock market uh, into uh, December. Now let's take a look and see how it's developing here for the percent stocks. We now have 45% of the stocks in the S&P 500, 500 stocks, 45% of them above their 200-day moving average. I think that's rather constructive, positive. I think more money flows in and we see more stocks above the 200-day moving average. Now let's move over to the VIX, okay? 
and hopefully the VIX is down. Now it is, it's not down by huge amounts, however, so I think some people are doing a little protecting, betting on the downside a little bit in the stock market just to protect themselves, but in general, really, the marketplace is actually taking off some protection, backing away, and they're respecting this bull move. They're not betting against the bull move, okay? And so now, even though I should leave this for the weekly update, but here's the S&P 500 monthly. It took out last month's low. It's heading back towards the September high, or I should say it took out August, um, last month's high. It's heading back towards the September high. We have the monthly indicator pull back for a significant correction, the biggest correction within this bull market and it's starting to cross over as if it's trying to give some kind of a buy signal. By itself, I don't know what, how I really believe that or not, but with all the other analysis, I do. And it is following this blue line that we said it ought to be up, even though we were nervous, had our doubts at times. And then it can set back by January a little bit, or late December, it might only set back just a couple of weeks. And then it'll move higher, into March, I say April, someone else was saying they're not going to look for any kind of a problem until March. They had some, some kind of study saying we could be setting up for a problem margin later. But I'm saying it's going higher into April. I don't think it's going to be any kind of a problem. It's going to pull back, and I think it's going higher still into late next year. It may even stay higher right into the end of next year. It's just we'll have to deal with the seasonal bearish problems August to October again. And towards the end of that, maybe a little more in a sense, we'll have to deal with any profit taking over the election next year. But if they like the election next year, it can be higher by the end of the year. Um, but it also can top out sooner ahead of the election and give us some problems. And I do think there'll be problems in 2025. It's just a matter does it top out late 2024, gives us problems into 2025. Does it wait until 2025? And at the moment, I would say we really shouldn't care. All right, uh, we need to see how this develops. And so I am looking for record highs next year. And I think this market is gonna try its best to get back above the July high, the high of this year, I think it's up and away. Hopefully this is uh, helpful, and let's see what's going on with the cash market right now. Have it up 85. Gosh, I think they're going to push this for a 100-point up day, and then they, you know, maybe we'll get some selling later this week. But I got a feeling people just, they just feel like they're worried that it needs to pull back before going higher. But I think they're thinking, just go ahead and buy it anyways. Suck it up. Deal with it. Work with it. Thank you. Pass results and on the syndicate features. Have a good day.